You are live with Get Connected. Your host, Mike Eggerbo, here with John Beeler. We've got a great tech radio show for you today, and we are Canada's number one tech radio program. We'll be talking about virtual meetings, but taking it to another level. I think we're all used to Zoom meetings. It's been the way of the world for the past couple of years. Or Teams, or Skype, or FaceTime even. Well, we've been uh, meeting in virtual reality. We've been using our uh, meta Quest 2 headsets, VR goggles, and uh, having our meetings uh, as uh, virtual avatars. We'll tell you how that's, that's all going. Um, we'll also be talking about Ring Vision. Amazon, they own Ring. The company makes uh, the Ring video doorbells. Millions of those things out there. Well, they've got a TV show now coming up in September that's going to feature clips from people who have submitted some of the ring video footage. I, I bet there's going to be some pretty interesting stuff on that show. If if they package it well. How much is going to be staged now, do you think? Well, that's what I wonder too. Right. I think the initial stuff will probably be kind of real, but depending on the popularity of this program, I think you're going to see a lot of stage stuff going forward. Some pranksters. Some pranksters. And uh, we'll be talking about folding screen phones. Samsung has uh, announced uh, two new models. Is this the future or are they the latest 3D TV? Remember 3D TVs? No. No, exactly. But we'll discuss that. They might have a, a different face. Let's uh, talk about some of the news. And the first story, John, I, I want to talk about, it, it's a little disturbing. We've talked a lot about artificial intelligence, AI. Uh, we've talked how it's used uh, for making decisions, for making art. Well, now AI could potentially bring dead loved ones back to life. Yeah, there's a really interesting story out of the UK where a grandmother uh, passed away in June and at her, um, at her funeral last month, she was actually able to answer questions from the people attending her funeral thanks to artificial intelligence. Okay, but how does that work? Like, so they've got, they must have previous video of her. Yeah. In this particular case, this woman's son uh, actually has a company and they created a tool called StoryFile, which uh, they used to actually capture her experiences during the Holocaust. So they're basically using 20... Uh, asynchronous cameras filming her from every angle so they could actually create this really rich oh this is not something you and i can put no. together so there's 20 cameras filming her yeah, before it, she died I, I think this the intent of this particular project was for some type of museum installation or something like that okay um but at the same time they also put all of these you know hours and hours of conversations with her into digital format and then they were using an AI tool to then basically process that and in the context of the funeral uh, attendees could ask a question and now unlike so she was on a computer screen she was on a video screen yeah and it was basically calling back uh, her answers to various things now unlike a deep fake which we've talked about which is basically putting Tom Cruise's face over yours and making Tom Cruise say stuff that he didn't actually say, this would only respond with answers to questions that she actually had answers for. Okay. And if they didn't have an answer for it, the woman would actually ask the person to ask another question. 
which I thought was interesting. So you said it, the video was captured for a Holocaust thing. Installation. Installation. Yeah. So the questions, did they have to be around that? No, 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 no. I think there was just lots of different things. And it sounds like perhaps because she knew that she was near the end, she was uh, preparing for this type of thing. But what's really interesting is that the AI technology makes it seem like a seamless real-time conversation as opposed to this kind of jerky, janky kind of a thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. I Yeah, I still can't wrap my head around that. It's a little creepy. Well, and is it comforting? Is it? I, yeah, I think I think every family's going to have to make that their decision about that. But ultimately, it's up to her to how she wants to be presented after after her life is over. Well, going from one creepy tech story to another, uh, we've talked about Elon Musk's Tesla bot. Uh, he teased this, I think, over Twitter a while back. Uh, a humanoid robot that Tesla is developing. They say that there'll be a prototype coming soon. And he predicts in the next decade, it will be capable enough to do everyday tasks like mowing your lawn. Or taking care of the elderly. Oh, the, <laughs> the elderly will love that. <laughs> the robots are finally coming for them. <laughs> do you know what I, I mean? I know. I just watched the finale of Westworld. So oh, yeah. that doesn't end well for the humans. Yeah. It was like a bad SNL sketch with Sam Watterson. I don't know if you remember that one. It was like this uh, special insurance for when the robots come for you. <laughs> and, and literally, they looks like they, they are now. Do you think we're at a point, though, John, with technology that he could actually make like a humanoid type robot? Like, if you've seen this thing, it looks like something out of Westworld. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm less inclined people are going to get these to mow their lawn versus maybe, you know, work in a warehouse. Yeah. Uh, it'd have to be pretty good. Like, we've seen robotic dogs, Boston Dynamics. Yes. Uh, they make those crazy robotic dogs. I mean, they use them for kind of sentry and security yeah. right now. And, you know, using their cameras to monitor gauges and, and things like that. They're yeah, not actually... Especially in hostile environments. Yeah. Like a nuclear power plant, for example, which is one of the examples they showed us. Yeah, this sounds like a plot line out of Blade Runner. Or Westworld. Or Westworld, <laughs> essentially. But, I mean, how much... Can you imagine how much this bot, this Tesla bot, would have to cost? Probably cost a Tesla. Oh, at least. Yeah. And then what... I mean, again... What can it really do? It says that it'll be able to lift heavy things and blah, blah, blah. But Well, the carry capacity is only 45 pounds. Oh, uh, that's not a lot. Deadlift is 150. Okay. And the arm extend lift is only 10 pounds. So it can bring you a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a pizza. Or a pizza. I mean, would you pay that much? Well, we don't know how much it's going to cost. And I also suspect maybe you're going to be renting them anyways. Probably. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here in a moment. We have a lot to talk about in uh, the program today. Uh, would you hand in your Ring video footage to a TV show for the entertainment of others? Well, Amazon uh, is betting that you will. They have Ring Vision coming to the boob tube sometime in September. And we'll be talking about the next level of virtual meetings, virtual reality meetings with headsets on. We've been trying it. And you can even have people that don't have headsets join you. 
it, it's, uh, I'm telling you, it's cool. And uh, we will also be chatting about folding screen phones. Are they the 3D TV of yesteryear or are these things going to stick around? Well, we've got our thoughts on that. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. We've got uh, Robin in the studio with us. He's one of our Get Connected producers and contributors. We're going to talk about virtual reality and something cool that we've really gotten into over the past uh, couple weeks here. Uh, we all have um, the Facebook uh, meta virtual reality headsets mm, now. The Quest 2. The Quest 2. So we are, we are, I guess, the ultimate nerds, yeah. right? <laughs> You know, we had no friends before and lived on our computers. Now we do it in virtual reality. <laughs> yep. And so we we started doing something that I'm just kind of blown away by. They've uh, they've got workspace. It's called workspace. Uh, workplace. Workplace. Work rooms. Work rooms. Work rooms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you put on your your headset and you got to sign up with your account, and you can go into these work rooms. They're like meeting rooms. It's, it's kind of like Zoom. Yes. But it's in VR. It's way better than Zoom. Yeah. 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 And so it's amazing, right? Because uh, when you have one of these headsets and you're into these workrooms and um, Facebook Horizons, which is kind of a virtual world, you got to make your own character, your own avatar. Yeah. So I've made mine. I, I kind of made it to look like me. I did the same. Yeah. You've got some snazzy jacket, like yeah. tiger print or something there. John, you look like you're 20. Because I can. Because <laughs> you can. Yes. There's no rules about what your avatar has to be exactly like your driver's license photo. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make a complaint to Facebook <laughs> on you. Uh, but, and they've got different, I guess, meeting rooms, but it is so cool. I, I can't even describe how much better it is to like, just kind of, you sit around a table or desk or what have you, and you can look at each other and you talk. And as you're talking, it knows to lip sync the lips on your little character. Yeah, you see like your kind of eyebrow expressions change slightly yeah. with your inflection. I don't know if it's one for one or what, but I think it's interesting because, yeah, we saw Meta and Zuckerberg present this at the end of last year. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know what your initial takes were, but I remember watching that and thinking, this looks clunky and awkward and probably not something I'd use. And I didn't have a headset at the time. Yeah, But uh, me and John were trying to mess around with um, Horizon Worlds, which is Meta's own sort of bespoke uh, metaverse, I guess. Like, Let's call it a playground. Yeah, like their social platform. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. like little games you can play in this world. You can kind of jump around and yeah. climb on things. And there's little mini games that you're meant to do. And But the, you know, the really interesting thing is when you're in VR, Everyone's wearing a headset. Everyone has a microphone and speakers, so you can hear everybody. And as you get close to someone, you hear them like they're close to you. Yeah. Further away, you they sound like they're further away. But we kind of hit the wall with Horizons in the sense that there's only so much you can actually do, and you have to do it all in this world. Yeah. So it wasn't really practical for us to do, say, like our regular Monday morning meetings to figure out what we're going to do for the week in that world. Yeah. I started to build like a, like a virtual version of our TV show set. Yeah, and we still was... might use that for, for that purpose and actually do a segment in that world. But then we tried work rooms and I, I think like- It's my, changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was almost within two minutes of being in there. It was just myself and John initially. I totally changed my mind on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved it. So what was even more interesting is you can uh, hook up your computer into this space. 
Yes. And it's something called Oculus Desktop. That was kind of the name of Meta. Yeah. yeah. The VR headsets before they changed the name. And so what happens is you got to load that on your computer that you're using and you can have that in front of you. It's essentially like remote desktop. Yeah. yeah. So you can be on that virtual reality kind of meeting room area and your computer screen is right in front of you. Yeah, and you can, it, it comes in sort of like a 24 inch say monitor, but you can expand it out to be like nearly 36 inch. So it's huge. Yeah, super uh, readable. Super readable. Uh, I noticed as well, my own computer, it um, like adjusts the actual aspect ratio to fit and the sizing as if you were to plug it into a bigger monitor. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can even do a little sort of pass through. So either you can see your desk in front of you sort of transplanted onto the virtual world. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the real world is in front of you. Because yeah. the headset has like a really low resolution camera to sort of figure out your physical space. Yeah. So you can actually see your hands, but there's like a little square on your desk where you, it sort of cuts through from VR into the real world. So you can actually see your real keyboard and your real mouse. mouse. You can have your yeah. cup of coffee there if you want. But what I really love is that there's a, a simple setting you can set and it'll actually overlay, like you tell it what kind of keyboard you have and it'll actually overlay the letters and keyboard information onto that in kind VR. Of, kind of a virtual reality version of your keyboard. A mixed reality version. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes it very easy to use it to type and to use your trackpad and your mouse. All the time, you're you're you have this virtual screen in front of you. Nobody else in VR can see your screen yeah. unless you share it to the yeah, whiteboard. So there's like a big whiteboard, yeah. and you can share it. You can play videos that are from your computer. You can yeah, share you your give PowerPoint. A yeah, but. What really made it interesting for us is the ability then to also invite people that don't have headsets into this world because you have the ability to, you know, you sort of can, you can choose from at least right now, there's six different sort of environments you can look at, you can be in. You can be in like a, like an office skyscraper building tower. You yeah. can be in a cabin by the lake or you can be at the, uh, at the villa uh, <laughs> by the ocean. Yeah. And then you have different configurations of your desk layout. So you have like a boardroom table yeah. uh, for like presentations or you have like a, a circular table for more conversational kind of things. So you can actually see your coworkers. Yeah, you yeah. gotta sit next to them. So that's the thing, them. right? So if they've got headsets, I mean, that's, the coolest thing, right? Because yeah, you've got part, their little yeah. characters there. But to your point there, you can invite people, they don't have to have the headset. They, you just kind of see like a little Zoom video of them. You, you give them a, a, a web browser link. Yep. They don't have to sign up for anything. They don't have to install anything. It just works. We see them on a little floating TV screen in front of us yep. or beside us, and they can actually be a presenter in yep. this world like you would in Zoom. And then you have the ability to have a conversation with VR and non-VR people. It really is like amazing how much more personal and interactive it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so immersive. Myself and John, um, last week we had a meeting in there to start and then we were just like, let's just hang out in here it and keep working. Kind of like we, were, we do in the studio, like when we're not meeting, we're yep. working on our laptops in our studio. And before we knew it, it was like two hours and you know, we didn't have any fatigue. Nothing, it it was like we were in the same room and it was really bizarre. But you guys were in the same room, weren't you? No, John was- I was at home. Like oh, you were at home, okay. Away. And he yeah. was in the studio, yeah. And you know what's funny? Um, my wife thinks I'm an idiot for wearing this headset. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she'll come into the kitchen and I'm either playing some crazy game and waving my hands around or I'm sitting like on my computer in virtual reality. Yeah. And she just, you know, I can hear you're an idiot, <laughs> right? But I said, you got to check this workspace out. And so, or workroom out. So I got her to sit down. I put the VR headset on there and I think she was expecting, oh, okay, you know, it's not gonna be that cool. 
she thought it was pretty amazing. Yeah, it actually impressed the unimpressible. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a total idiot now. No. No, good. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a great little uh, use case yesterday where um, my girlfriend was over and we were just both working in the same day. And she was just out in one room and I was in the other room with my big monitor. And she asked if she could use it for a Zoom call. She had to give a little presentation. And I was like, that's fine. You take the monitor. I took my headset and went into the, the living room, set up my desk. And it was just like I had another just huge monitor, monitor yeah. yeah just right there yeah uh, it's it is cool yeah 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 from a collaboration standpoint and from a bringing remote teams together standpoint the headsets are totally worth it totally yeah just for that alone yeah i i, I yeah because we we have 10 o'clock calls every morning i can't go back <laughs> to like the old zoom ways no no it's so clunky, like yeah. waiting for. I feel like I'm I'm, deal, I'm using like a rotary phone, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. Zoom call, right? Now I got to put my my helmet on. Yeah, yeah, it's my helmet. I mean, my <laughs> my whatever you call it, a visor. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Facebook's Meta Quest Two headsets. These are virtual reality headsets, and using their workrooms for meetings. You know, if you haven't had a chance to try it out, find a friend or someone that has one of these headsets because it will blow you away. We're going to have to take a break here on Get Connected. When we come back, would you watch a TV show that just featured security cam footage? Well, Amazon and the Ring cameras are going to be bringing that to your living room. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Do you remember America's Funniest Home Videos? Bob Saget. Oh, my God. Um, every week, the whole family, we'd sit down and watch that. It was just... I mean, there was nothing like it at the time. And we just laughed at other people's misfortune. Now there's TikTok for that. There's TikTok. And I mean, that content's everywhere. Yeah. Well, there's a new show coming out. And I don't know how to feel about it yet, John. It's uh, from Amazon. And MGM is involved. And it's called Ring Nation. Millions of people have Ring video doorbells now. Both of us do. We, I've got two of them. I've got the ring uh, surveillance cameras around the outside of my house as well. And they're constantly, you know, capturing video footage when it detects motion. Well, this new show basically will ask ring users to submit their funnest, funniest, inspiring security cam footage to, to this program. I bet they're going to have a lot of people participating. I can't help but think, yeah. Like, I mean, if you look at some of the, I mean, you go online and see some of the ring camera footage, you know, yeah. like a bear swimming in a pool. Yeah. There's marriage proposals, people stealing packages. People coming home drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, they're making an entire television show just from this footage. Yeah. Like how, I, I know the, the camera quality is getting better and better, but do you think that's going to be good enough for TV? Well, a lot of it's at night. America's Home Videos was pretty low quality. Yeah, yeah, I guess it was a lot of VHS tapes (laughs) back back in the day. Um, But I don't know. I think it'll be... It's it's premiering September 26th. So this thing is happening. So they already have a lot of footage. And Wanda Sykes, she's a very popular comedian. Yeah. She obviously believes in it. (laughs) Or is getting paid a lot. Or the paycheck. Yeah. But I'm going to tune in. When I say tune in, I'm going to go onto Amazon Prime because <laughs> I'm sure that's where it is. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm indifferent. I mean, it, it, I think it, it will depend how it's presented. 
it was a little bit of a forced thing. Like American Home Video was always, uh, you know, the laugh track and the cutaway to the audience all the time. I hope they don't do that. Even even like stuff like Tosh.0 and stuff like that, where they had a lot of these user contributed videos. Yeah, it's hit and miss. There's some controversy with the Ring cameras, though, especially in the U.S. Yeah, um, because it's come to light that Amazon, who owns Ring, what did they buy them for back in 2018? A billion dollars, best money they ever spent. Yeah, yeah. They've been handing over footage to law enforcement when law enforcement has asked for it without warrants or search warrants, warrants, proper warrants. Yeah. Without including the homeowner. Yeah. Because the ring cameras, they don't store the footage locally. It all goes to the cloud. Yeah. All of it, which is good and bad because it makes it an easy system to set up. You don't have to worry about running out of memory on your camera. It just gets recorded. Yeah. As long as you want up there. I mean, you're paying subscription fees if you want to keep it for any, I guess, period of, of time. Um, but, you know, from the privacy aspect, like, you know, how do you feel about a corporation being able to just give up your footage? Like, I, some people are really up in arms about it. I, I don't have as big a problem with it. Like, because Amazon had basically said they only give it up to law enforcement if someone's life is in danger. Right. I mean, obviously we have to trust them. But what's the what's the delay in that process before from from when the danger is happening to when the police request that footage to when they actually get it? Well, I imagine if someone's life is in danger, they'd probably give it up pretty quick. But and, and, and apparently it hasn't happened a lot from what I understand. It's no, like only a but, dozen or two dozen times. But the fact that it's happened at all is yeah. is concerning. And I mean, these cameras are everywhere now. Like I I must have about 5 or 6 of these things around my house. I haven't got them inside. But Amazon just bought Roomba, you know, the iRobot right. company. So your, your vacuum cleaners will have them soon. I, I can't help but think that they're going to put high-res video cameras in the, yeah. the vacuums to turn them into sentry robots as well. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm just puzzled how Amazon delivery drivers can deliver a package to my front door and not trigger my ring doorbell. <laughs> they're, they're, they've stealthily figured out how to like slide the package underneath the oh, really? the camera. I have to say, I love the integration though, John. Uh, you know, when I'm buying stuff from Amazon yeah. and it gets delivered, I get I get a notification obviously because, you know, they rung the Ring video doorbell. But also, you know, if I've got, um, you know, some of those um, Echo Show yeah. um, displays in my house, it'll come right up on that. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean... I, I like that integration, but my point before was the fact that it doesn't seem to always work. Full disclosure, I do have a version one ring doorbell though. Oh, you do? So maybe it's just that it- Oh, we got to hook you up. The field of view is not as good. Yeah. But I'm always surprised. I get nailed every time I walk into my own house. I get the notifications on my phone. So I'm like, how does the Amazon guy deliver or any courier deliver stuff to my house and not trigger the sensor? They know. I think they have invisibility cloaks. I think so. Do you know what I like about my ring cameras now? Um, apparently, you know, a lot of these cameras now, they can detect between humans and animals and cars. I, I like seeing the animals. <laughs> well, that's why I got the ring. Because I live in a, in a part of Port Coquitlam where we have a lot of bears in the neighborhood. Yeah. I want a video of a bear. <laughs> 
You want to see if a bear's waiting for you outside in the morning? Well, that would be helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a little disturbed now because I can see all the raccoons coming in to try to take my garbage out. Or your little dogs. Oh my God. Yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm nervous now. What I've seen the past few weeks, skunks. It's only a matter of time before my unknowing little chihuahuas have a run in with a skunk. And then you get to experience that, uh, that old episode of the, was it the Brady bunch where they had to wash the dog with uh, tomato? Apparently that doesn't work. No, I know, but yeah. everyone will try that. Yeah. Yeah. Tomato juice. Yeah. yeah. Those chihuahuas will be living outside for several <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Samsung's new folding screen phones and how Samsung says these are their new secret weapons. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Samsung has recently announced their latest generation of folding screen phones, the Galaxy Fold 4 and the Samsung Galaxy Flip 4. This is their fourth kick at the can uh, we've had a chance to try them out i think they're fantastic as far as the engineering and even the durability of these like i'm kind of blown away at how kind of solid they feel in my hand and and the fact that we've had a couple of generations of these now and they're still almost like the day we got them exactly my favorite's the flip hands down yeah I mean, the Fold is cool. I mean, it's it's like a smartphone that folds into a big tablet, which is cool if you're like really into media consumption and web browsing, but it's it's bigger, right? Yeah. Yeah. You need and to have thicker. that big pocket for it. Yes. The Flip fits nicely in any pocket. I mean, I just love the form factor to it. But it's interesting that there is literally really no competition in that space. Uh, Samsung, uh, I think, has more than 60% market share in that space right now. There's no major competitor. iPhone doesn't have it. No. Uh, there's a couple Chinese competitors, uh, obviously Huawei, Xiaomi as well. Then there's Microsoft with their phones that aren't truly like folding screens, but no. they're dual display. Yeah. That it's like two phones. Yeah. Put together. Glued together. Glued together. Yeah. Not as elegant. No. But maybe less concern about the durability because they are just two separate phones, on screens at least. Samsung says now, though, that these folding devices are their, their secret weapon. Yeah, it's interesting how uh, there's some, um, in the UK, the foldables market is booming up 700% year on year. Uh, so that doesn't tell us which models or the volume, but it's it's definitely something that's keeping Samsung in the engineering department and continuing trying to uh, one-up themselves with the next generation. Yeah. So interesting, they're saying like one out of five people that buy one of the folds, you know, the bigger one, they're actually switching from another competitor. And half of those are iPhone users, which they're a pretty loyal bunch. Yeah. Well, in, at least with the flip, there seems to be a lot of things that really check a lot of boxes for people um, because you can get all the a lot of the same software and content on either Android or Apple. It just depends on the rest of the ecosystem if that's important to you or not. Yeah. 
um, you know, Google and their ecosystem is, you know, for, for the Android people and, uh, people that like to use Chrome and, and those products. Um, I like to use all of them, but, um, but definitely the flip has some really interesting features with the integrated ability. Like it's basically it's like a tripod or a stand that's built into it. Cause you can position the display many, any way you like. And you have that other screen on the back as well. Yes. Notifications and, and yeah. for framing your photos. Like a little mini screen. Yeah. And what's interesting is the price on it though, right? It's coming in around just over 1200 Canadian for the flip, yeah. which it's a lot of money, but it's, pretty competitive to a lot of the other flagship phones out there, like the higher end iPhones and the Samsung Galaxy S22, for example. Well, everyone always compares literally Apple's to Samsung's in the price department, but almost all, every time that Samsung has come out with these devices, there's some kind of incentive where, whether you get either a steep discount or a free pair of earbuds uh, or accessories, or you know, th- there's a bunch of different things that if you factor in those prices, it makes it pretty competitive. Yeah. If not even uh, less expensive, and nobody pays full retail price for their phones these days with you know some fairly decent um, uh, plans that you can get. You know, we, we know like some two-year pe- plans. Yeah, we we know some people that they they went in to get a new phone because their previous phone died, and they were upsold on basically a free fold three yeah which is like a two thousand dollar plus phone right so having that heavily discounted if not included free with your plan is not a bad deal so um definitely keep an eye on those deals if this is something even remotely interesting to you i wonder if folding screen phones are going to be more mainstream it's not going to until apple if they even want to get in that game gets in the game yeah, I'm not sold so much on the fact that the screen folds in half. I like the form factor itself. It's a great form factor, and I'd be completely happy with it if it actually had like a, a like a clear bezel line through it and was two separate screens as opposed to one contiguous screen. Yeah, I don't care either way. Yeah, what I really like is what Samsung has done with the different accessories to hold it and mount it and connect it and clip it and all those types of things make it really interesting and, and make it much less like this utilitarian slab of glass like we're very accustomed to and yeah. much more like an accessory to your life, which is how they sort of market it. But you're in the iPhone world. I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of what we do, you, you and I both typically have three or four phones on the go. Yeah. I'd have to say uh, the Flip would be my number one choice for Android phones right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really... I just, can I tell you why? I, th- I think they've done a great job with it um, and just the cool factor. And I'm not... Sac- I feel like I'm not sacrificing any of the features, really, yeah, for the cool factor. Let's be honest. Samsung has a history of having lots of gimmicks in their phones. Yes. This doesn't feel like a gimmicky phone. No. That's, that's, that was the differentiation for me. <clears throat> I love the Note before. And the fact that this, like you said, you're not giving up. Any, you're maybe not getting as as high end of a camera as the as even the fold. Yeah, and of course they're flagship lines, but it's good enough for most people. And that's an interesting point, though, John. Like most people, I would say nowadays, you know, if they want to upgrade, a big reason would be the camera. Would you agree with that? That's the only reason I ever upgrade. Yeah. Do you think? The cameras are good enough now. 
you know what I mean? Like we've come a long way. I think the biggest improvement over the past several years would be night vision. Yeah. Like taking pictures with low light. Yeah. Like how much better are these? Like what's what's the next evolution or revolution for cameras that would just compel you to like I think it would have to be a revolution yeah um, I was actually comparing photos with my girlfriend the other day and she's got uh, an iPhone 12 pro and I've got the 13 pro and can you tell the difference for what we were taking photos of no, no she was taking fantastic photos and you were like a photo nut yeah like my wife has an 11 yeah and I'd have to say like daylight pictures I I don't think I could tell much of a difference. You know, sure, some of the nighttime photos I take, you know, like low light ones on my 13, fantastic. I can see a difference there, but yeah, and, and typically that, that difference is getting smaller now between like a well, yearly model upgrade. Well, be, be between the improved sensors and also the improved software rendering of those photos, it's getting really, really uh, hard to tell and, and competitive. Well, we're going to have to see what happens over the next uh, couple of years with Samsung and uh, how much more market share they can capture on that high end with these uh, folding screen phones. we got to take a break when we come back. More tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. We also have another great radio program. And if you haven't tuned in, you have to. It's pretty cool. It's called The App Show. It's on every Sunday here on the Chorus Radio Network across the country. And it's on Saturday nights if you're in Toronto. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of things when it comes to mobile uh, technology and, and apps. We'll be talking with the Fubo TV folks. Uh, you might know them for their app that has a lot of sports programming. Well, now they've added some lifestyle programming in something called Stack TV, which uh, has a lot of your favorite chorus channels. Maybe it's time to cut the cord. Who knows? We'll also be talking about AI generated art once again. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago about uh, a really cool artificial intelligence bot that can create, I would say, the most magical photos and, and paintings just with keywords that you put in. Like, it has blown us away here uh, in, in the studio. Well, there's some other different ones out there. We'll be talking about uh, those and uh, talking a little bit more about how you actually get involved with this uh, particular, we're going to call it a program. I don't know what to call it. Platform. Platform. And uh, where have all the teens gone? Your Facebook uh, picture's not getting as many likes anymore from the kids? Well, we're going to tell you why. i got to thank all the folks that helped put the uh, program together here. John Beeler, who uh, not only uh, is uh, co-hosting here, but also helps produce the program. And of course, uh, Robin, our uh, producer and contributor back at the studio as well. And if you get a chance, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. He's done some really great uh, videos in uh, the past uh, month here. Some great product reviews, uh, including on the Google Pixel 6a and some of the new earbuds out there. And, you know, we were talking about that uh, AI generated art. He's got a great video on how to get started with that. So maybe this is a an opportunity for you to get that uh, loaded up so you can really get the most out of uh, tomorrow's uh, program. This is Mike Agarbo and John signing off for Get Connected. We'll see you again next time.